Hello, Rampbox TV watchers. Once again, it is Friday. Welcome to the channel. We are Rampbox TV, that rare beast that offers nuanced commentary on race, gender, and other community concerns in 21st century Britain and abroad. A new video is posted every Friday by 12.30 p.m. noon at the very latest. If you're watching the full-length version of this on YouTube, please give us a like and press subscribe. Now, today, as ever, we are not basically personality-driven, we are subject-driven, so we'll find out more about our panel at the end. For now, the subject is NFTs. If I was in a band, apparently, NFTs are something that I need to know about. Can anybody in this room tell me what NFTs actually are? Yeah. Hi, I'm Marco. I'm a designer and an artist and also musician. Nice to meet you. <laughs> and basically, NFT stands for non-fungible tokens. And actually, is a, I'd like to see it as a container where you can put information, uh, code, music, uh, images or whatever, and is fixed in the blockchain forever. And the owner of that tokens have the rights and it's a kind of certificate of property of what's inside of the box. And that's uh, the shorter <laughs> explanation of NFT. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Marco. Um, does anyone want to talk about the applications of this if I was in a band and how it would suit me to get into this now rather than later? Well, uh, I think sort of like, especially bands and uh, some artists as well, they are now familiar with the sort of uh, the usual, I'm going to do 50 copies of a cassette tape or a limited run of vinyl. Uh, and in the past, we had the sort of like a, a kind of trend of crowdsourcing platform to make your vinyl and things like that. Uh, and um, the NFT sort of like, it's, uh, it's definitely sort of like a winning trend and uh, it's here to stay. It, you don't have the feeling that you're crowdfunding, but more that you're participating to the operation and make, uh, and make your fans uh, owners, not only of a limited physical copy, but also a limited digital copy. So in a way, it's not a massive transition but it's going to give them um, more power, revalue their music, right? Get rid of uh, third-party um, uh, platforms and uh, enhance that space. Because now we have two spaces, you know? It's like either you're on Bandcamp doing cassettes and vinyl and downloads, right? Or you are in the universe, in the vast empty universe of Spotify. And, and the world seems to go in that direction, streaming, streaming, streaming for less, streaming for less. This sort of like brings back a bit uh, to the value of music uh, in a nutshell. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried about the technicality of it because you, people can learn fast and everything. But the, the main point is that uh, it will give more strength to their limited edition material, which is what bands are selling at the moment, you know. Even big stars are selling limited edition of physical, uh, of physical copies. You know, the big numbers are gone for everybody, you know, whoever you are. Sure. Okay, well, we have one more person in the room. Is there anything that you'd like to add to the, the benefits and positives of the NFTs? Well, the positive things have, uh, it's going to be uh, that I think artists are more um, I have mo uh, they have more space to to interact with new audience and also to exper exper experiment new music and new uh, in addition with videos. So it's going to be a new way for the artist 
to perform to this kind of new um, new people to 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 play with for sure sure um, how how do you guys feel about the ecological aspect of NFTs? Because I've done a little bit of research and literally there seems to be um, not many articles really touching upon some of the wattage that could be used when you're actually using this product. I mean, do you guys have any particular opinion on that? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, the old, the old world needs to, needs to change, but the reality is like the world is full of sort of like used mobile phone, you know, like we are creating a vast amount of trash and everything. Uh, I think that uh, uh, whether we like it or not, uh, this kind of like uh, press on the ecological impact will change because we come from a period where media attacked massively cryptocurrency. Bitcoin is a bad word, right? And uh, this damage the um, blockchain technology, which with all its defect and its impact, like everything else on nature, is actually a positive change because it can decentralize uh, um, big powers wherever they are, not just in music, absolutely anywhere else. So, yeah, I do agree that there are these points, but uh, I wonder, you know, uh, how much the media actually kind of like enjoy doing that when the mission was like, let's, um, let's sort of like uh, smear uh, Bitcoin, which I kind of agree because Bitcoin in itself, a cryptocurrency, you know, can be challenging as, as, a, as a concept. NFT is something in a way completely different. And, uh, right. and I don't think you will see the same press. But I do agree that there are issues like anything else nowadays that we produce in a capitalistic world, you know, for everything we wear and everything is creating pollution. But the press, I thought that was kind of like looking for something, looking for somebody to blame. Right. Um, I have two more questions regarding this sub-topic uh, of this subject. So I'm hoping that this next one will be answered by the other two people in the room. Um, so basically, I'm reading from an article that will actually be inserted in the description box. And it reads, right now, there is absolutely zero information available with regards to the carbon footprint of NFTs. Today, one can look up the carbon footprint of flying and then decide whether to fly or not. The same can be said of eating beef or buying clothes. One can look up the carbon footprint of an email or watching an hour of Netflix. Now, at the moment, that would be, you know, quite a damning um, situation in itself if it weren't for the fact that i've got here statistics that if you are to use nfts um the uh, equivalence of basically one year's worth let me see of using it uh would basically be like flying for 1.5 thousand hours driving 838 uh kilometers using petrol obviously boarding a kettle 3.5 million times using a laptop for 2.5 thousand years or using a computer fix 636 years. I mean, that's all pretty heavy. I mean, does anyone have anything to say about that information? Apart oh. me. <laughs> You've had your chance. I had my chance. <laughs> First of all, uh, I, uh, I didn't understand. Um, the data you provided is like for one NFTs or for the full ecosystem? That's talking about one year's worth. Of one NFTs, right? Yes. Well. Actually, um, I like to put it in this kind of uh, scale metric. 
that is like um, taking as an example Bitcoin that uh, Alfredo mentioned before. Uh, the whole network of Bitcoin consume uh, the same amount of energy that the you know the like uh, unused LED you have at home, like for the TV, the red dot you have on the TV, right? Uh, the American, the USA uh, states all together with this LED on produce the same uh, energy uh, that Bitcoin using one year and a half. So basically, if we need to search for the impact, is not really blockchain what we need to look at. Uh, is of course it is. It's like emails that can be stored there and they have a footprint. But uh, an NFTs generate one transaction when it's sent and when it's received. In the meantime, uh, is in your wallet, so it doesn't make it affect anything. It just exists in the blockchain. So when you call it, it can be sent, but in the meantime, is in the blockchain. So it doesn't have any kind of, uh, um, how can I say? Impact. Uh, in, not, uh, not impact, but storage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Has a lot yeah, of impact. Yeah. I mean, the, the question really would be about what we're um, comparing it to. You're saying that it's not as bad as Bitcoin. Is that your well, argument? Uh, yeah, no, it's not that. Of course, everything uh, needs to be uh, perfectioned and uh, we need to reduce the impact, even if it's more to, to care about our planet. Um, but I think that we are already going in that direction using like renewable energy for like uh, mining that is already happening. And I think it's a slow process, but we need to also understand that these technologies is 12 years old. It's not like hundreds of years old, like gold mining that actually affects thousand times that more than Bitcoin environment. That, that's actually quite an interesting point. My only issue is that if we're going to compare a 12 year old technology with something that's been going on for, for decades longer, if not a century or more, essentially it's like saying that even though what we're doing is not necessarily the best way for the environment, it's not as bad as something else which is happening. I'm not sure if that's sufficient enough, especially given no, no, the no. ecological... Uh, no, no, this was not what I meant to say. I said, okay. like, uh, gold mining is still going on. Like, you know, and it's still bad for the environment. And in a hundred years, they never change anything about the procedure to take gold from the earth to make it better for the environment. In 10 years, blockchain already did a lot to, to create a more green environment and to use green energy and renewables. And, but we are just at the beginning, so we need to continue working on that way. And I think we're slowly, but even faster than others, we are already going in that direction. So if we have an impact today, I hope in 10 years, this is already more than 50% less. Yeah. Okay. Julia, do you have anything to add to that? Before I, I, yeah, I, I agree about it. And also like a lot of artists uh, um, selling the arts through NFT, uh, a lot of time they give a, pers uh, a percentage to charities about environment to help the environment for, because it's true that at the moment the energy 
consuming to, to do an NFT and it's quite high, that's why all the, 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 the people working in blockchain, they, they, they know it and they're trying the best to find a solution as quick as possible to, to stop this quite high consume of energy. So it's an issue that we have at the moment, but I'm sure that maybe less than 10 years, we're not, we not going to talk anymore about it. We're going to talk about other issues that are not made from blockchain, actually. Okay, well, we'll definitely have to do a follow-up video because there are a few people that have been um, interested in talking about this that have different alternative ideas about it. But for now, we should move on from this subtopic of this subject. Um, Al, you've worked with um, billions of bands. <laughs> um, tell me about your experience regarding um, any bands that you talked to about NFTs in like the recent months, if not year. I didn't pick to anybody. That's okay. why I'm here to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Really, no, really, it's like uh, um, uh, that is the fascinating thing. I mean, it's like my life in NFT. It's a week, and it's already That's sort of like good. put everything upside down. Alfred, I, it's like a month. It's not a week. No, it's a week. Before we talked about it and everything, but really, no, for me, anyway. like the accelerator came out at uh, in a week. You know, something like that. Okay, a month, two weeks. Maybe, maybe I lost I lost I made you buy actually. Yeah? <laughs> you? I made you buy <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, you, yeah, you're the first to talk to me about it. And, uh, uh, but literally, even if, if I'm correct, and tell me if I'm, if I'm right or wrong, uh, even the news says that the whole thing really kind of exploded in the last two months only. Explosion. I'm not talking about you, Marco, that, you know, like you, you invented it. I'm joking. Uh, but yeah, it's about, so I didn't really have the time. I mean, I'm still in the process of trying to understand through publicpressure.org, the, the magazine and everything, to, to understand what, 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 what I can propose and everything. As a musician myself, actually, right today, uh, Sergio, which is our sort of like, uh, uh, it takes care of the, uh, is that our financial basically guru and everything. He said, what artists would want, right? And he put three things that I didn't agree with because I think it's, 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 they're not in the right order and they're not the right thing. Like the first thing that I need from NFT, it's a new market, a new place to go. I feel myself as an artist and also as public pressure, I feel sort of like a, a late outcast in the world of Spotify, of Instagram, I came too late, I didn't get it, you know, it's just too late, right? So a new thing comes up and I think this time I can catch it. Okay, that's the first thing. This time I can go. That's the first question I ask myself. The second one is like, we can, we can create a new value for music because the value of music that is Spotify mainly, it's, it's just gone too far, right? Now I can give new value. I can connect directly to the people, to the, my fans, right? These are the three, and a fourth one that I can't remember. So this is what I think artists will want to do. First of all, it's like finally a new place, right? Finally a new place. And that's why it's important that they hear 
from us, from me, from Marco, from, from Julia, from other platforms as well, hear it now and not three years later. Because yes, maybe three years later we are wrong, but what if we were right? <laughs> Very dramatic, thank you. Um, Marco, you are a self-described artist, uh, musician. Tell us how your life as an artist has changed since embracing NFTs. Well, actually, as a designer, uh, I always work uh, in an agency and just my nine to five. And it was like quite interesting, but, you know, like normal office life. And at the same time, uh, I really like to paint and design by myself, you know, uh, without boundaries that I have at work. And the first time I decided to paint, I went to an art gallery and they said, you're not right for us. I said, okay, cool. I take back my, my painting at home, even the digital one. And then I, find, uh, I found out NFTs uh, and I was already involved in crypto at the, moment, at the time. And I said, let's give it a try. So at first it was like, okay, I upload something I made. I put it like at a ridiculous, to me, high price. It was like uh, half Ethereum that it was at the moment like 200 quid. And it was like, nobody will actually buy it and two hours later was was already gone and it was like this is what it feels to be rewarded for what you're doing actually because it was like uh the middleman always said like no because we are a kind of club exclusive and we don't want you uh but i don't need them anymore so i can sell that directly to my audience and to my fan that was my first approach and after that, it went just like, okay, this is fun. This is something that can go far, not just for the, for the money, it's about uh, art. Because people that buy art in the NFT space are people like me. And it's not like you're going to a gallery and you just look at this painting because the, the gallery said, this is the right art you need to, uh, to watch it. Okay. So, and I found this really, uh, there's more an emotional market behind it. More democratic. Yeah. 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 But Julia, Julia, you've, uh, you've, you've, uh, you've got a great example of a punk band in Italy, you know? I mean, it's an Italian punk band. It's, like a super, it's a small punk band, the name is Bella Donna. Uh, they're from Rome and they sold an NFT like a month ago for $1,000. They sold the master, one, master, one NFT. And that's a good example, example, as Marco said before, like I think NFT is a good environment and a new space to sell music to a new audience in a new way. So it's, uh, it's, we are in an early stage. There is no platform about only NFT and music, and we're going to be one of the first one, I think. And, uh, and I think it's a really good way for the artist to sell art as Marco said that can be visual art but in this case going to be only music and can be music with a video music with a with drawings and it's an, a new expression that I think it's um, is going to be really interesting in the future for everyone to see what what's going to, what's going to happen cool 
Um, before we find out what you guys all do in very specific terms, I want you to all pretend that we're all going into the future, like literally a couple of days, and you had a chance to watch this video. Is there any significant aspect of this subject that you think needs to be talked about? I'll start with Julie. Is there anything that you'd like to add, considering your broad range of uh, understanding of this topic? Um, I think, like... Um... NFT, it's uh, it's a new it's a new is a new world and a new space for everyone to understand. It's not easy to understand, as as we said before, because for a lot of artists, it's not easy to understand technology. And also, I, myself, I'm I was a fashion designer, so for me, technology was quite another another world, like a, like. 10 years ago and now when I'm in, in, into, in into it, it's a, a really creative world, like a super creative uh, the technology, the same as NFT because it's a, it's a box that you can put a lot of stuff inside. So I think it's a, it's a really creative space and it's going to be quite unique in a way. So that's why I like this idea of NFT as a new approach for creative people and music. Okay, and Marco? Well, mm, to me it's like, um, I'd like to see more people um, get involved in the space of crypto and NFTs as well, because uh, I truly think that is uh, our future. Not just the currencies, is the, the technology behind it. That is really, is, I think is one of the best invention of the last 20 years. And I think it will really help us, not just for, uh, you know, like mm, speculation or things that everyone is talking about right now, just prices. It's about the, the, the technology that's behind it. It can help a lot of, uh, it can be useful for a lot of things, actually. So I would really like to see people more interested in, like, um, the basic um, mechanism behind it. And just to, you know, it's a new thing. Uh, I wake up every morning and I say, what do I learn today? So it's like, I would like to know it. <laughs> wow, very bold words. Alfredo, in closing, what do you think that in the future, you're watching back in this video, should be included in it? Something significant about this particular topic? Well, personally speaking, I, I always, you know, try to, you know, say what I think, you know, because at the end of the day, I'm the, just the common musician. I'm not an expert in technology and everything. I've, uh, I'm convinced that a decentralized internet, therefore built on, on blockchain, is, is the future of internet. Is internet web, uh, web three, basically, is the next thing. I treat NFT as a kind of sort of like, uh, a moment in time when people like me, like you, like Marco, like Julia, any musician can get in is the first time that everything is converging. Before it was too early, maybe in the future, maybe too late, and things are going to change. Now is the moment. I'm not uh, sort of like particularly sort of like fan or excited about NFT itself. I see it more like finally there is a way in for everybody. And, you know, you know, publicpressure.org is strings, you know, it's a shoelace. It's not like a massive thing. It's just a goodwill of people that believe in subcultures and music uh, uh, 
revolution and trends. And the fact that I'm sitting in the position with people like Julia, Marco, Sergio, and you discussing, they actually going into the arena, right? Is a proof that is doable now, not before. You know, I wished I could do it before. I, 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 uh, start with blockchain technology. I couldn't now. And now I'm thinking like now, a new platform, right? I can hardly afford publicpressure.org. And now a new platform comes up with all these incredible minds together. Is, is it, this is not a coincidence. It didn't knock on my door because of, you know, because of my beauty or my intelligence. It's just organically happened. It's happening right now. And it's getting to, to involve everybody. That's why in a way, I'm even here, Marco here, Julian here, and you're here. Cool. All right. Very comprehensive as per usual. I know for a fact that you guys are very humble people because you have not complained about me introducing the subject first and not the personality-wise. So let's let the audience in a bit more. Julia, what do you do when you're not talking to me, Marco, and Alfredo on Landbox TV? So I'm the co-founder of Public Pressure, is going to be a new platform dedicated to uh, only music NFT, as we said before. So I used to be a creative in the creative industry in fashion, and always a passionate passion, with a big passion uh, for technology. And I change, I'm changing my life in a way, uh, trying to build uh, a new a new platform for 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 artists. So that's my main. Things I'm doing now. Okay. Any fashion tips you can give me? I'm obviously in need of them. I'm wearing <laughs> the same thing every day. Ask Alfredo. I'm not joking. <laughs> He's never seen me in anything else. <laughs> Superman. Person. So I always I, I like really black. I always wearing black. So I'm not really. Really. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we both have something to learn. Who knows? <laughs> Mr. Sleeps, Marco, tell us, what do you do when you're not talking to me, when you talk to Alfredo and Julia in Rambox TV? What do you do? Well, actually, I'm um, doing a bit of research on UX and UI and taking charge a bit of the social media platform. And actually, uh, all the kind, I get the infos in the deep. <laughs> <laughs> so and and all the other stuff okay cool brilliant alfredo i know about you but the audience <laughs> may not tell us everything what do you do when you're talking <laughs> no, to me Marco I, I, and i'm sure i'm sure your audience know me or at least knows publicpressure.org publicpressure.org will carry on uh, as a magazine uh, taking care of subcultural music and uh, this is a new platform i'm working with publicpressure.co.co and uh, is done, is co-founded with uh, Julia and, and Sergio. We've got now Marco Garavini on board, more people on board. And uh, I really don't know where it's going to take me. I really have no idea what I'm going to do, you know. But uh, it's definitely sort of like a, a, change me, a changing moment, you know, one more staking. And, uh, and then keep on doing my music. And, uh, and that's it, really. That's, that's what I do when I'm not talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> 
I hope you do other things. That there's there's more to life than doing those two I things. Told I'm very you. happy I to be one of the two. I have a dog. <laughs> I told you so many times. Well, that's that's brilliant. The Holy Trinity. I'm part of that in our first life. <laughs> I feel good. Thank you for your um your talk, guys. This has been a small but brave step into the world of NFTs with you and the audience that's watching. Um, if people want to know more about you, then there is a description box where they can obviously link themselves to and have a look at what you're up to. Everybody, thanks for spending Friday with us with Rantbox TV. If you are indeed interested in more of this, then please press like, hit subscribe. There will be more to come on this subject, I'm sure. For now, stay good, stay safe, have a wonderful day and weekend. Bye-bye. Bye, John. Thank you, bye. Bye-bye. Happy Friday, you've made it. Yes, you're still alive. You're here on Rantbox TV as a viewer and I'm here as your host. Once again, we're going to talk about nuanced topics that are going to be relevant to people who live in the UK and abroad. Today, we're going to be talking about NFTs. I have two guests who are going to talk us through the ins and outs of them and the various aspects of. So, uh, Matt, what is an NFT? I'm in a band, I'm an artist, and I want to know what this NFT stuff is all about. Help me. Sure. Okay, NFTs. Um, I think we need to start off before we go anywhere with what the blockchain is, because without the blockchain, you can't have an NFT. The blockchain is basically like a centralized ledger of online transactions. It is a Centralized database of transactions that are done between people who own Bitcoins and that centralized ledger is processed on a gigantic network of interconnected computers all over the planet. It's cryptographically secure. There's basically no way to meddle with it. And because it's decentralized in terms of the way it's processed, it's very difficult to mess with from an outside perspective of meddling with how it works. So takeaway from that incredibly secure, very difficult to mess with. So once you put something on the blockchain, it's basically there for life. Now, an NFT is basically a block on the blockchain. You put a piece of data out there into the blockchain and it has a bunch of information on it. In terms of NFTs, what that means is that I am an artist. You don't have to be a musician. You can be anyone. To be honest, you can just be anyone. You just have to have a thing that you want to share as an NFT. But it applies a especially well to anyone who has their work in a digital format, something that doesn't have an original per se. It's duplicatable. It's easily spread around. Now, what NFT stands for is a non-fungible token. Sounds very, very complicated. Basically, what it means is that there's one. A fungible token would be any Bitcoin, where one Bitcoin is worth exactly the same as the other. They're interchangeable, just like coins are. It doesn't really matter. When you get to non-fungible tokens, it means this is a specific thing that its value is based on what it is, not that it's a unit from the blockchain. So when you buy an NFT and you register it to your digital artwork, what you're saying, and that could be a music, a piece of music, it could be a JPEG. Some people are selling their tweets online like it could literally be anything um <clears throat> basically what it says is i am putting up for auction the digital rights to the original copy of this work so that record on the blockchain becomes this unique identifier bringing in the same kind of logic as if you think of an art gallery you have the original art in a similar way an nft is like 
the a way of trading the original copy of a digital artwork. And that is essentially what they are and why they're worth so much money now is because they're traded for in the same way that an art piece is in an art gallery. Okay. Um, if we could, just before we move on to some of the things that we may see as a drawback to using them, what would you say is the most significant positive about an NFT that one could um, really keep in mind if they're in a band and they want to take on board using this uh, fungible token? Well, I mean, basically money. Like the, what, I've, what I've seen from it, and, you know, I'm still kind of a bit of a newbie myself to the murky waters of this stuff. But the thing that has come with it is, especially if you're anyone with like a little bit of a reputation, is that, people will invest in on that and basically treat your digital artwork as if it is a, an investment asset. So just like, you know, people buy corporate art to display in a lobby and it's partially seen as a financial investment in the same way your digital work can be offered up under the same circumstances. And that can be a very lucrative inroad for money, especially as I see with smart contracts. They're like, terms and conditions written into the NFT when you have it made, you can specify that you receive a percentage of any uh, proceeding sales from that initial transaction as well. Okay, sounds pretty interesting. Rob, yeah, I what think, would you I think, say? I, 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 sorry, can I, can I jump in? Just that, that last point yeah. there, I think is really important for artists, in theory anyway, because in general, when you know, when, when, when something is sold, you sell it and then it's kind of no longer yours anymore. And, um, and that's it. The next person who sells that, you know, it's, it's their, their kind of their, their deal now. Whereas with this, because of these smart contracts, it can actually be tracked. And so I sell it to you, you sell it to Matt, but when you sell it to Matt, I can still get some of the proceeds from that. So that's quite an interesting kind of, um, aspect to it. Um, the other thing is, is that it, it, um, it's all about artificial scarcity. You know, since, since essentially, well, I mean, since before Napster, but, you know, I guess in terms of like mindshare, since Napster, music especially, sorry, uh, music especially has been um, kind of free. You know, we now expect it to be free. You know, I go, I, there's a free tier of, of Spotify you know, I can get the music for free um, digitally. But with, with NFTs, it's kind of a little bit different because the ownership, I mean, it's not the same. You don't have to buy an NFT in order to listen to the song. It's about the ownership of the song. But I think it's like philosophically, it's like an interesting kind of change happening there. Um, just to also add to the definition, I think another interesting kind of aspect of it is that, or, or, or analogy at least, is thinking about because because when I first heard of these I was like well clearly this is very silly <laughs> because you know how can you how can how can I sell a jpeg you know how, how can I sell a gif you know how can I <laughs> you know how, like why why would anyone pay for anything like that why would that be worth anything to anyone like you know I can just go and download it why you know why should I pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for it when I can just go and download it so the way to think about it is it is it's like the, the, the deed on a building, you know, I might not live there, but I own the building and you're going to pay rent to me because that is my building. 
you know, for all kind of practical purposes, the person that lives there may be paying rent or whatever, you know, it's their home, it's their whatever, but I still own the building because I own the deed to it. And that's the kind of the way to think about NFTs where they can, you know, someone owns a piece of digital space. Sure. Um, rather interestingly, there is, from what I've read, um, an ecological price to having an NFT being part of your life. Um, Rob, do you want to say a bit more about that? Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of stumbled, stumbled upon this um, kind of a, a, a friend of mine um, did a whole thing about it. And before he, before he did, I had, never heard, I had never really thought about the fact that there might be an ecological um, cost to it. I thought they were silly, um, but I, and then I thought they were cool, but I never really thought that they were dangerous. But it turns out they're, they're kind of dangerous. Um, so essentially, the, the NFTs run on the Ethereum blockchain, and it, 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 the, way that they, the way that they manage the, the ledger that, that, that Matt was talking about earlier, the way that they ensure that all the data is correct is through consensus. So every node on the network checks that the information is correct on it, which makes it very secure because if someone, you know, I could go in and I could change a bit of data and I could say, oh, you know, I own, I own this NFT. But, you know, all the other nodes on the network are going to be like, no, you don't. <laughs> so my changes kind of go away. So as this is done, it, it, Every node on the network, which I'm not sure exactly how many computers there are running on the Ethereum network, but it is a lot. It is a huge, huge number. There are banks, there are you know, entire rooms full of high-powered GPUs running on this network. Um, all those transactions that are used to ensure that it is correct um, are using up electricity. And it turns out that the carbon footprint from this is like enormous um like 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 crazy crazy big um so so uh memo um memo acton he's a he's an artist he he created a website called um cryptoart.wtf and it essentially allows you to kind of like drop in uh the link to to an nft being you know on an auction site and you could you can track the um the carbon footprint from it and some of them are, are, are just kind of really mental. Um, he measures them out in quite practical terms, like, you know, in the number of, of hours spent doing international flights or, you know, how many times you would boil a kettle. Um, can you give an example? So people I'm can just trying to find an example. So <laughs> I've actually gone to the website and it, it, it turns out that the website's been, been temporarily suspended which is kind of interesting. Um, so if you go there at the moment, you can actually see it. There's a notice up on it. And it, it says that he's taken it down because it was being uh, used as a tool for abuse, which I'll come back to because I think it's actually a really interesting point. But, but here we go. Like, like uh, I've got here that apparently in order to mint a single NFT, so minting is when you create one, it takes about 80 kilograms of CO2 just to click the button and say, I'm going to mint one. Um, 
in, got here in order to record a handful of bids and sales because it's an it's an auction and you know things kind of get transferred. It's two hundred and ten kilograms of of CO two. I'm assuming it's CO two e. Um, and you know a single NFT going for for a few months. We're talking you know hundreds of tons of CO two. It it it's it's crazy crazy amounts of carbon being used for what? Like it's very cool. It's a bit silly, but it's very cool this whole NFT thing. But it's not really worth the cost. Um, sure. It, it, it Matt, is, what it, do you think about? That? Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, it's very true that the amount of um, compute cycles that are used to run the blockchain is uh, hideously impressive. Like. As we're talking to run the blockchain, we're talking the sort of usage of a small country. Yep. Like, um, it's it's quite an insane amount. And the problem is that the blockchain is kind of contingent on this. Like, block, like Bitcoin, like individual coins are mined. You, you hear the, the, the concept of, of coin mines, right? The miner basically uh, runs uh, cryptographic uh, puzzles basically like it, it kind of solves cryptographic problems which is how it processes the blockchain right and they're designed to be difficult the idea is uh, specifically with um, I believe with the Bitcoin blockchain I'm not sure if I think Ethereum also runs on proof of work at the moment does, yeah. which is basically you know to do with saying I spent this many compute cycles doing this and that's how I prove that I, I, I've done my bit right so the problem with that is that the value of the Bitcoin is contingent on making the problem hard and doing lots and lots of work. And then as technology gets better, it takes less work. You can afford more electricity. And so it needs to become more difficult. So the problem here is, yes, it's bad for the environment. But even if we move beyond proof of work to something else, even if we sort of improve the technology even if we offset our carbon footprint the entire network is contingent on ramping up that consumption of energy that consumption of resources whether it's electricity or it's just spinning a cpu clock right because the cpu is basically a clock it's just doing calculations constantly like that will never go away even if we try and get past the ecological thing there will always be more demand for more energy going into this system to keep it ticking over. So it's a, a, a really big problem that I, I don't see going away when it comes to Bitcoin and the blockchain sure. and NFTs as part of that. Okay. Um, There's, before, oh, sorry, go on, Bob. No, I was just going to say, it, it, it's kind of built into the design of the system, as, as Matt said. There, there, are, there are alternatives being floated. So currently it's based on proof of work, um, but there's another system called proof of stake being being floated which they they you know the the people that run ethereum kind of keep talking about moving over to which will be you know kind of better ecologically but it as matt says it's still going to be it's still going to be bad and it has other inherent biases because it then is based on who owns the most essentially kind of who owns the most of the network gets to decide the state of the network not like i don't know about you but that doesn't sound like a good a good idea um a good idea to me uh why am i thinking of the super league when you say that why yeah. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Mm. Um, I'd like to know further into that um, half joke. If we're looking, let's say, at the art world and how pieces are chosen to be um, of a certain worth, that's based on essentially those who look at pieces of art and figuring out who is hot based on what um, their brand has been doing in the eyes of others. Can that logic be transferred over to NFTs in any way? How does a band realize that their piece of NFT is actually going to be profitable? How do they affect that? I mean, I think there's a, an issue here with, you know, this is, this is where sort of my internal bias has come out a little bit more because um, I think we have a fundamental problem here with how we define value in the first place, especially in the creatives in the creative space. And right now, I feel like the way this value is, is kind of calculated and, and, and distributed is essentially based on clout. Like, I don't think it's much more than that. Like, if you don't have a lot of clout, your NFTs aren't going to be seen as valuable. If you're Elon Musk, then you can sell a freaking finger, finger painting you did or one of your tweets or basically anything, you know, and it will go for a ridiculous amount of money because it's a clout game. And I, I, I feel like it's... Uh, an issue that, you know, like I, I don't judge artists who register NFTs because it's difficult out there. You've got to try and do what you can. I understand the draw of it. I understand why, you know, to get your stuff monetized quickly and especially, you know, with the idea of the smart contract, which I've, you know, read proofs unfortunately that the space is not particularly well regulated and that smart contracts aren't necessarily infallible i am happy to be checked on that but Could um you tell us a bit more about the smart contract for people who don't know what that is i.e yeah the smart contract is essentially a an agreement uh like rob was saying about um what happens when the nft is sold off essentially. So it's a set of conditions that says basically the original artist gets kicked back and it's a big part of why NFTs are meant to be so important and so good. Um, but uh, there's a recent article I read, uh, which I'm, I'll, I'll share the, the, to go in the description, that goes into the more fundamental issues with Bitcoin and NFTs that suggests that the contract maybe is not as enforceable as it's presented to be as well. Um, I need to do my own research on this, so I'm not going to present it as a fact, but it's something to be skeptical of, especially now we're in this shifting landscape in these new territories is I would just be a bit tentative about jumping on the bandwagon before you know exactly what's going to happen next. Um, that's that's my personal view. Because essentially, if you're looking at an industry which is running on clout or hype, what does that do essentially to the artist that enters that field? What do they have to become in order to sustain themselves in that field? Will they become a shadow of themselves? Or would it in some way lend a certain depth to what it is that they're doing, whether it be musical art, that speaks to people who may not even have thought about interacting with it in any way? Um, I do want to come back to aspects of that in the following video that we do with you and other people who maybe don't necessarily share um, your reticence to go into it. There are two points that I have to go into. One, Rob, you said that the website is down and that was leading onto another subject matter that you wanted to highlight. This is that moment. Excellent. Brilliant. So, um, yeah, 
so memo says in the um in the thing that it, it's been that the website has been used as a as a, a I don't know the exact wording here, but basically kind of a, a, a tool for abuse. And as I was thinking about what that was about, and it reminded me that another friend of mine who's, who's an artist, he actually minted some, some NFTs. Um, he's a, an amazing artist, does really, really, really great work. And um, he minted some NFTs and it, it, it went pretty horribly wrong for him. Um, the community around him totally turned on him because he'd done it. And they were like, why are you doing this? Do you not care? Like, again, I think it was mainly about the environment. They were like, we thought that you were kind of more than this. And he lost like a significant chunk of followers based on the fact that, that he'd done this. Um, and even re-looking at this this uh, this this article, so on maybe John can put the articles in the in the description. It's already uh, done. It's, it's the future. It's there. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you know, there's a section that I was kind of trying to look for when looking for an example, um, where Memo talks about the 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 you know the output of one of of a particular artist, and in the original version of it. He said who the artist was, and he goes into how three months of um, three months of of this artist's um, NFTs being out there, he generated enough electricity for flying like eight hundred and twenty five hours of international flying, the the equivalent of four hundred and forty thousand kilometers worth of petrol, and the equivalent um, the equivalent of of boiling a kettle two million times. Um, but but the, the interesting thing, I mean, I think that's bloody horrifying, but um, but he's taken the name of the artist out. And I think it's because maybe a lot of artists have been getting, you know, have been getting a hard time over this. Because the thing is, is that like it is exciting technology, it is very cool, you know. I, but um, I think a lot of artists doing this don't really know what the costs are. And I think maybe there needs to be a little yeah, bit. Yeah, of... you've highlighted um, the fact that we're aware of it and social media is a warped, dark mirror of it. But there is a social and uh, cultural economy and you can tank your appreciation of yourself mm-hmm. amongst your peers by getting a- attached to projects which don't necessarily seem to express the same ideology or viewpoint um, as that community. But that's... Probably what's interesting about NFTs, because to an extent, in some circles, it could be argued that it's still trying to define itself. So those who get involved with it can obviously define it, and those who obviously talk against it can help de- uh, define it, I think, as well. Uh, Matt, before we go into your subheading, what do you think about the last few points that have been raised in this uh, area of the discussion? I mean, I think it's, it is very important. I don't think it's right to come at artists quite so hard about this stuff. Like, I have respect for the fact that, I mean, as I uh, kind of rehashing slightly what I said earlier, but like, you know, it is difficult out there. And I do think that artists sort of deserve a little bit of a break for maybe making what they might, might later see as a mistake, maybe not. But when it's this difficult to get paid, is it really that surprising that people are, uh, you know, attracted to the idea of, get, of getting people to pay 
effectively for the idea of owning something. You know, like there's kind of a beautiful irony to that, especially as an artist. And I, I definitely appreciate that. Well, um, there's so much going on. Tell us about your subtopic and uh, be slow with me. I'm no scientist. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so I guess it's just for me, it's about, OK, I like what space are NFTs taking up? What are they doing for artists out there? What is their role? Why is this? What can we do about it? I think there's some very interesting concepts to be had around like sorry an nft is a non-fungible token it's the idea that you own the original of a digital artwork right but as an artist at least for myself i want as many people to hear my artwork as possible like for me i want it to be fungible i want it to be able to spread through the network as much as possible because for me that is the ultimate delivery system for my work like you know obviously as i say it makes money and that's fantastic and I, I'm, I'm happy for the people that make money off it but if we're talking conceptually to try and elevate digital artwork to the same level as selling the mona lisa when like i feel myself like there are there are there are broader questions to be asked about how we as a society bring value and understanding to the arts other than turn them into another commodity. And I think for me, that's the core of it is that there are other ways of dealing with this area that are, are in their infancy at the moment. Like Mozilla have been experimenting with the web monetization API. It's essentially a set of rules that will allow people to do the equivalent of buying a Netflix subscription, except that subscription will be equally divvied up via the websites that integrate with the web monetization API. So just simply with engage, by engaging with the platform, by staying on the site and watching and having paid $5 in advance that you're gonna sprinkle amongst all the people that you, you visit, that will then be doled out to those people. I think that's a much more interesting model, you know, where, because we, we have a big problem on the internet with advertising and data, where there is no, like, it's, it's not just artists, it's pretty much anyone on the web. It's unsustainable because it's all powered by ads and data mining. We need, as, a, as an online community, to solve this problem in a much bigger way of understanding how do we pay people money when we know they deserve it? without forcing ads down people's throats or selling their private lives, basically, you know? Um, so that's one potential offshoot that we could explore. And the other thing I wanted to highlight is kind of the complete flip side of the coin. And now we really are jumping through the looking glass because this is, is like, it's taking all the rules and throwing them in the trash. Like, so my band has pile up. We distribute all of our songs under a Creative Commons uh, by attribution share alike license. Creative Commons is an alternative to copyright that says you are free to use our work as long as you follow these conditions that we've set out. For us, that means if you use Hus Pile Up's music, you have to create credit us for using it, and you have to share your content under the same license. So somebody else I absolutely hate could go and use our music. 
but they have to release it under the license that says I can steal that right back and do whatever I want with it, you know. And I'm registered. We're registered on the Free Music Archive. Um, I've had uh, discussing with some musicians that talk about Creative Commons as being unsustainable because they can't make money off it, but I think it's about how you do that. I've been, we've, we've been approached by filmmakers who found our music on Jamendo and the Free Music Archive because it's there for free and then come to us and be like, I want to use this in my copyrighted movie. Can we work out a license exemption? Indeed. Um, to quote a famous clown, it's not about the money, it's about sending the message. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, um, before we start talking about what you both do when you're not talking to me in Rantbox TV, do you have any new illuminative ideas in your mind as to go regarding this subject? A lovely way of putting it. Um, <laughs> as long as you ignore the fact that illuminative is not really a word. I had them going. I had them going. <laughs> Um, no, I, I think Matt brings up some 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 really interesting points there. Um, in particular, th th there's a thing that he said that kind of like triggered a thought in me. Uh, when you said about the ad revenue, I, I read a book recently called the uh, the the subprime attention crisis, something something something, and the ticking time bomb at the heart of the internet, which which I which was like I was like that sounds interesting. I want to. <laughs> I have a look at that. Um, it's written by an ex-Google something. Um, and it's essentially kind of how uh, digital advertising is kind of nonsense, um, that there's all this, all this high-level kind of um, rhetoric around data-driven analytics and, you know, anything can be inferred from the data, but what the, what this guy is saying is that is that a lot of it nobody understands there is tons of data there you probably can tell things from it but like <laughs> like no one really knows you know whether it actually does and people are just using bigger words and people are okay well these guys definitely know what they're talking about um and so it, the whole thing is kind of um wizard of oz and what was what I thought was interesting about that was that he was saying that um, so that the internet could have been constructed in many different ways and 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 you know one of the ways would have been how Matt was talking about things being distributed but it didn't it went down the route of advertising revenue and now we're in a point where the entire world is the entire world is kind of reliant on the internet and the internet or at least the largest players in the internet Google Facebook. Um, you know, a lot of these companies, Twitter, they're all they're all driven by ad revenue, and if they're all lying about how effective the ad revenue is, and someone finds out, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like so. The book kind of compares it to the subprime mortgage crisis, um, you know, and it, it, I, I know I found it quite interesting. I'm not, I'm not quite sure about some of the claims in the books in the book, but. Um, yeah, it just reminded me of that. And I just thought that was, it, 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 I do think it's important to find alternative ways of doing things. Um, also, yeah, open source. Nice. Um, <laughs> very cool. Excellent. Sounds very interesting. Guys, we have run out of that thing called time. Matt, what the hell are you doing when you're not talking to me and Rob on Rantbox TV? 
Yeah, well, I've already mentioned that I'm in a band and that's kind of my main trace of output, but it has to line up alongside me being a full-time web developer, which is why I have all this technical knowledge. I have to keep it you know, on top of all this uh, technology as it comes out. And yeah, that's, that's basically me. Cool. Rob, what do you do? I'm also a software developer. Um, <laughs> and I, I work instead of uh, real-time 3D graphics um, application development. Um, and sometimes I also do a little bit of music and sometimes I talk on Rampbox. And when I do, I tell people about a cool project by an artist called Julian Oliver, who made a cool thing where he built a wind turbine that when the, when the, when the wind turns the thing, it generates electricity on a computer, which then mines Bitcoin. And then it invests the Bitcoin into kind of like sort of eco technology. And I just think that that's really freaking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Guys, your information is in the description box. Should people be interested in what you're doing? They are no doubt forgetting to listen to the rest of the video my waffle and are clicking on it right now if they do intend to come back and check out more about what is rampbox tv they can expect to find a new episode every friday before 12 30 gmt if you are watching this on youtube click like subscribe who knows the next episode might be even better than this one and if you are following this as a series this being part two of the nfts um series i'll think of a much better title which you're probably already aware of right now it's there on the screen if not in the description box there'll be a third video where people who are say more positive about nfts will be joining these people that have joined us today regarding their concerns this has been fantastic. We are Rantbox TV. I was John Clay. Have a very good Friday and may the force be with you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye.